Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Welcome to Call of Discovery, the podcast where we invite you to join us on a journey into the Crucible for a weekly or fortnightly celebration of all things Keyforge, its community, and the excitement of Discovery. I am but one of your hosts, Zach Armstrong, and I'm here with a much more familiar voice of Ed Pocock. Hello, Ed. Hello, everybody. Excellent. How does it feel to have uh, another voice jumping in here onto, uh, onto an episode? Well, I have to say it's absolutely delightful that we can sit here and have a chat and I I am not the sole host anymore. And I, I think sharing that allows us to grapple with some of the intricacies of Keyforge in probably a much more effective manner. But today we are going to be diving into something that we previously announced briefly in our Forging Our Future episode. And this is a new little topic called epic quest and we have to give a bit of a um we have to cap our hats a little bit to our podcast friends at archon's corner for this one so they had their one deck challenge and their idea was to take a deck to different things and and see how it did the epic quest will be i suppose a similar feat but with a very very familiar discovery twinge to it and Mm -hmm. zach what can people expect from an epic quest so the epic quest simply is just picking a single Keyforge deck and playing it with careful attention over many, many repetitions to discover all of its secrets over a long journey with it. Of course, this is common knowledge that you will hear from a lot of Keyforge minds that playing a single deck over and over again is the only way to get to know it and the only way, of course, to get better with it. I've heard so many people regret taking a brand new deck to a tournament because they didn't know how it matched up against different kinds of decks. They didn't know its quirks and strengths and weaknesses well enough to pilot it. So we are going to take a very intentional, uh, very public and shared journey with some decks and be really intentional about how we practice them, how we get to know them so that we know these decks thoroughly and completely. Uh, And hopefully this can serve as an inspiration and model for other people who might want to take a single deck and practice with it and get to know it all inside and out. Absolutely. And think of it a bit like Love Island, but for Keyforge. I'm not sure if Love Island has turned up for our our listeners in the United States yet, but if not, I think I think it might be something that reaches your shores soon enough. But we will be tracking these decks through their journey to either, you know, finding their sweethearts and winning tournaments or to to heartache. And we will be very publicly letting you know about that. We'll we'll have a follow-up in a few months' time and we'll see how these decks have been getting on. 
Mm-hmm. And we'll have a wonderful process, uh, a structure with which we're going to go on this epic quest, which we'll get into in a moment. Uh, but Ed and I are both going to open a sealed deck during this very episode, dear listener, from the most recent set, Worlds Collide. We asked our Patreon supporters uh, what set we should pull from. It was pretty unanimous and quick answers that Worlds Collide is the set we should pull from. It is, of course, the most recent, um, a bit more uh, exciting, maybe, just because there's so many more possibilities with uh, Mavericks and Legacy cards. And, of course, maybe, just maybe, we'll pull a Anomaly, but we'll we'll have to see what that what they hold for us. <laughs> I, am, I am genuinely really excited. I love this idea of just opening a random deck, and we don't know what we're going to get, but it, it makes sense that it's Worlds Collide, because... I found so far with Worlds Collide that it really does reward you for knowing the deck. So I can play 10, 10 games with a deck and really still not have an entire appreciation of what's going on with that deck and some of the angles of attack with it. And that's not great for me individually because I have <laughs> been one of the one of the offenders that uh, Zach mentioned earlier on in the episode of going to a big tournament with a deck that you've never played before, and then thinking, "Oh goodness, I could have done slightly better if I'd if only I'd practiced a little bit more." So hopefully this this will uh, will sort me out and make me uh, practice with my decks slightly more. Yes, so we're gonna be discussing these journeys. Uh, in our Patreon Discord, on Twitter, and elsewhere. Uh, And there will be... um, I know I plan on actually tracking my progress in a uh, document, a Google Doc, that I I think I'll be able to manage to make public so people can actually see live as I go on this journey. And this is a Google Doc that our our lovely Patreon muffins has pulled together. It really is comprehensive, using the structure that Zach came up with. And yeah, I mean, I think it's... It's going to be of interest probably to a lot of the community as a kind of way to structure your thoughts in that journey. That process is called, wait for it, CD-ROM. Going a bit of a kickback to uh, some older technology here, which pains me to say I'm old enough to have used CD-ROMs myself. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And me. Isn't it awful that there's probably going to be people listening to this that are thinking, What's a CD-ROM? That really shows my age anyway. Hey, the uh, the younger generations are the future, and especially for Keyforge. So if you don't know what a CD-ROM is, uh, look it up. It was a, just a, a media storage device from a day gone by. So, uh, But th- for us here in uh, Call of Discovery, it is an acronym uh, for the process by which we're going to go on the Epic Quest. Five principles, one for each letter, C, D, R, O, and M. So... Without further ado, we're going to dive into CD-ROM, starting with the letter C, which will stand for competition, which is how does this deck perform at a competitive level? The goal here will be to take the deck to a few chain bounds, and maybe if we can find it, a store championship level event Mm -hmm. or higher, an Archon, where you bring your own deck, and see how the deck performs under pressure, the pressure cooker of competition, of other people playing with intent to win that playmat or that world's invite or, you know, those store prize decks some generous stores give away. So competition is our first part of CD-ROM. And with this one as well, it might be that we open up an absolutely awful deck. And for that reason, we will certainly be going out of our way to find some great reversal opportunities to test the deck out. Or it might be that the deck is just difficult to think out. And for that reason, we might want to go to some adaptive events with it. 
So I I think we we are we are under the feeling anyway that no matter what the deck is, there's going to be somewhere for it. There's going to be a place where we can at least be competitive with it somewhere. That's the beautiful thing about Keyforge. Those adaptive and reversal competitions really highlighting different kinds of decks that might not just be the strongest decks in a simple one-on-one match. So first C, competition. Next up in CD-ROM, we have D for discussion. So this principle just simply means we'll regularly discuss the lessons, the wins, the losses with our Keyforge friends. This will happen on our Patreon Discord, but will be on Twitter, in person, wherever else. We will just discuss what's happening with the deck, tell people what's happened, and you know, see see what they're thinking about how our journey's been going. And the next one is one that I struggle with a little bit more. It is repetition. We are going to need to get some large volumes of play with the decks that we have, either be it on the Crucible or in person, uh, or just really kind of thinking it through a little bit. Yeah. Do you ever do that, Zach? Do you ever kind of reflect on what your deck's doing and look at it in different ways? Because I found that actually taking your deck away and thinking, maybe I'm thinking about this wrong, can be one of the best things that I've done. Yes, some decks that's happened with me over time where I get better as a player and I say, wait, this deck, I've been thinking about it all wrong. And I I have journaled my experiences with decks in competitive play. If I'm at a vault tour or a store championship, I will journal about the games at those events and take notes. Most of those have been sealed. Uh, so unfortunately I haven't had a lot of repetition with those decks <laughs> uh, at sealed competitions, but yeah, just that, that sheer repetition is, is certainly a virtue in Keyforge that I think everybody who plays Keyforge would agree with. And the next one is observation. And this is, I think a really important one that it can be definitely difficult if you live rurally, but at the same time, there is such a strong online community in Keyforge that no Keyforge player is ever really alone. This is observation. So the idea here is having Keyforge friends, watching you play games, talking with you about the deck, and maybe finding different things about it that you hadn't considered. Yes, yes. The Crucible online is great for this if uh, in-person isn't an option. The other great thing about online is you have such a wealth of people to ask to observe you. I know there are lots of people over in the Sanctimonious Discord in that community who will you know, play with hands revealed to people. A people person will come in and observe and be on voice chat to talk through what's happening a couple a couple great keyforge community members have practiced for big events that way so i think i think it's a cornerstone of trying to know a deck deeply whether or not you just want to get better at it or you want to take it to competitive play our last one uh, this one is a bit unique and i'm actually a little surprised people haven't done this before the last one in cd rom is m for memorization memorizing your deck list so you know each and every card cold. You could just repeat them at any time. This, of course, has value in keeping track of what you have and haven't played, what might be coming up instead of having to kind of burn your brain a bit and do mental math. You'll know it a bit more quickly in addition to just knowing your deck better. Generally, memorization certainly has that quality of letting you know something much better. And honestly, I'm not even sure if I can do this. I've never really... The sense of discovery is super important to me, as listeners might have guessed um, <laughs> from the from the from the title of the podcast. So, quite often with that sense of discovery, I often find myself running off with new decks rather than actually spending a bit more time with the one. And I think memorization. You're absolutely right, Zach. This could be 
the the thing that really takes you to the, another level helps you to make those better close calls on what house to call on knowing what's in your deck and knowing what's in your discard pal perhaps without even looking mm-hmm. and i think this could be a super important way of some of our listeners really kind of getting the edge particularly in those adaptive matchups those things that really reward player skill oh yes Oh, yes, definitely. And as we said earlier, all of this can be found in the document for the CD-ROM document that is linked below. And once again, thank you to our incredible Patreon muffins for pulling that one together. Mm -hmm. Yes, I hadn't even planned to make a lovely worksheet just stick with the acronym and muffins went and fairly quickly put this together, which I was just in awe of. And now I'm so happy that I have this wonderful place to journal this whole process. It's really, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Me too. Okay, so do you want to go first or, or should I? Oh, oh my goodness, the moment of truth. Uh, yes, yeah, so <laughs> what, what Ed is referring to here is we have these decks in our hands and, oh. and I, don't, I don't know about yours, you know, over there across the Atlantic Ocean, but for some reason, the deck I have in my hands seems to be a several pounds heavier than other decks. It's just <laughs> the, the weight of this journey seems to have manifested. <laughs> the weight just, of expectation. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Oh, goodness. And, and for our listeners, we have different decks, literally yes. different decks in our hands, because in Europe, they make decks that open at the bottom. They are not side opening decks and there is no plastic seal, which I'm very happy about from a sustainability perspective. But also mm-hmm. I quite like the resealable decks because, well, they're resealable. Yes, yes, they are. They are nice. I do tend to keep a handful of these boxes, which is nice for reusing. So and um, before we open this, just one more point that Ed mentioned earlier, which I actually think is really important for this process, is that if either deck we open is quote unquote bad, which is very relative in Keyforge, I think (laughs) I think that's just going to help us dive into the spirit of Keyforge and CD-ROM even more. Because going on a long quest with a bad deck, you're going to learn so much more. You're going to have a harder journey than if the deck was good. And on top of that, there's so many formats that reward a quote-unquote bad or complicated deck. A quote-unquote bad deck is a good reversal deck, and honestly, probably a good adaptive deck. So I'm really excited about whatever is on the other side of this. And just like a CD-ROM, okay, dad joking coming here, um, just like a a CD-ROM really our experiences with Keyforge are rewritable and they will have to be because every time a new set comes out, our experience of the decks that we've got in our hands right now and we're about to open is going to be different. They're going to be different in different metas and they'll play different roles, which is, I think, going to be a fascinating thing to kind of explore. Oh, yes, I think I think that's going to be lovely to explore. Mm. Okay, go for it, Zach. All right, here we go. Popping this open here. Going to have some lovely just cardboard cardboard noises on our mic all right so the first thing as i pull this out i'll say the deck name the houses and then i'll flip it over to look at the list and note three things all right so the deck i'm going on an epic quest with is keepers the strong chinned okay that is a great name we've got a good name yes a good name it's not a weird one (laughs) keepers the strong chinned i love that that is a lovely name (laughs) so our houses are uh, oh, goodness. Our houses are Brobnar, Untamed, and Logos. Okay. Bra- Brobnar, Untamed, and Logos. I know Brobnar has 
his reputation has been a little different in Worlds Collide, but uh, I know good setups do exist. Untamed and Logos, of course, being very strong. So, all right, that's uh, we're going to flip this over here. So, so, Zach, what are your first thoughts about this deck? What strikes out to you? As I flip this over here, oh my goodness, we have uh, a good number of Brabnar creatures. We do have the infamous Narp. We have the Nogi Smartfist and a Rock Hurling Giant. Well, what's lovely about Rock Hurling Giant is that if I don't like a Brabnar card, I can just chuck it for four damage. So I am a fan of that. I am a fan <laughs> of that. It gives you utility for the th- for an ARP anyway. It's a good it, way to use an ARP. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Other things that jump out here, we have a uh, we do have an Eddie four by four. That nice. lovely that lovely card. Not a lot of multiples. I have two deeper druid, two groke, uh, and not a whole lot of other multiples. So this will be a very interesting deck to. Uh, to take a deep dive into, I think. Uh, at first glance, it doesn't look like anything particularly strong in the traditional sense, but that just means it is an even better adaptive deck would be my first yeah, guess. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. And Groke's, Groke's not a bad card, but Deepwood Druid... Uh, uh, hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes, that... <laughs> hmm. yes Deepwood Druid. Deepwood Druid cannot even heal a NARP because it could not reap to heal said NARP, which is, which is quite sad. That is very sad indeed. That is very sad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Here goes, guys. Here goes. Okay. So. Oh, we have Brobnar. <laughs> there it is. Of course we is. have Brobnar. So we have Brobnar, Logos, and Star Alliance. It is jake's richard the agonizing and berserk (laughs) jake's richard i i i would bet a couple us dollars that there is somebody named jake's richard who plays keyforge (laughs) do you think this if your name is jake's richard and and you want a copy of this deck you know perhaps perhaps (laughs) it's happening honestly if we have a listener called jake's richard that's amazing yes that would be awesome um it almost feels like it's it's maybe one of the FFG employees decks that they gave out at Christmas, <laughs> but maybe someone that left just before Christmas, so they went ahead with the deck anyway. Right, <laughs> put it into rotation. Yeah, exactly. No waste. Right, so what do we have here? Oh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like there's any anomalies. Mm. But we we do have some interesting things going on here. Um, so we have three alakas, and alaka is the creature that if you fought with a creature this turn, it comes in ready, which is quite fun with a with a ganger chieftain as well. Mm. Um, we've got a uh, we've got one of the brew cards, and they're, they're fun. They're not necessarily good, um, but they're fun. In in the logos, we've got a few few options. We've got an eddy, we've got a daughter, we've got double holomagramophone, we've got tau tau vapors. Um, and everyone's favorite, Reassembling Automaton, which uh, mm. whenever I've played Keyforge uh, with Reassembling Automaton, it has to come out in the voice of Reassembling Automaton, which I, I, I very much approve of. Um, <laughs> but that's a super fun card. And certainly, I think looking at my Star Alliance, I am enjoying this. Oh, good. Zach, I have a double comms officer, Kirby everyone's favorite comms yes. guy um 
and double science officer King Quincan 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 double science officer Quincan. So I think instantly there's going to be some interesting stuff there. Uh, Sensor Chief Garcia's there on keeping keys costing more duty. And I, yeah, I think this is going to be a really fun deck to get a feel of and get to play a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I love those double Com Officer Curries and double Quincan. Those are certainly some great early game cards, especially Quincan. As soon as somebody gets Amber and has to call a new house, that's just, you mm. get to steal it. That is lovely. Oh, dear. We have an up. We have an up. <laughs> Both of <laughs> us have been narped. <laughs> <laughs> so one small deck, one great journey, or two small decks, two great journeys, as the case may be. We will be letting you know certainly how these decks do, and we very much encourage you to start your own Call of Discovery epic quests yourselves. And please do let us know how you're getting on with those epic quests. We are very, very interested to to hear how the structure of it works for you and maybe the things that yeah, you'd like to try with epic quest and maybe you'd like to see us do in the future with it. So thank you very much, dear listeners, for joining us on this first step of a long and arduous but rewarding epic quest. Yes, thank you very much, listeners. And you can subscribe on your regular podcast app. You can also find us on every single one of the socials, the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, and the... Oh, there's one more. There's one more. There isn't another. There isn't, you know. (laughs) And Ah, yes, you can email us questions at discoverkeyforge at gmail.com. If you're enjoying Call of Discovery and you see yourself as a fellow dis- uh, fellow discovery adventurer in the realm of the Crucible, then please do give our Patreon a look and join the most wonderful people that are currently on our Patreon-only Discord, forging the future of Call of Discovery, um, but also you can get your most weird and wonderful decks on the spotlight as a Patreon. Um, and if you fancy a very nice, warm, cuddly, cool of discovery, bright green hoodie, then you can find that uh, through the link below to Teespring. But most importantly, if you do think a friend might enjoy this podcast, then please do help them to discover it. Thank you and good day from Zach and myself. And until next time, have you answered the call of discovery?